0: hey good morning good afternoon or good evening and you are watching this edition of hypnosis week live uh it's me again alex william smith better known to many of you as jonathan royal the british bad boy of hypnosis of magicalguru.com and i've got yet again another amazing guest for you now before i introduce this lady i'm going to make it quite clear because people who watch this show know i play devil's advocate and i will ask the questions that people perhaps wouldn't dare to ask i'll ask the questions that are running through your heads at home and the obvious stuff as well but i just want to make my position very clear to start off with long story cut short i've been doing hypnotherapy since i was 14 in terms of charging clients I'm now 44 so it's over 30 years and I initially started off with a course that was quite literally two 60-minute audio cassettes and roughly 78 sheets of A4 paper double-spaced typing and from that I started doing smoking cessation, weight loss, confidence phobias, making money, getting publicity. So people who are watching my stance is that it is totally totally possible to become a confident, assuming that the training's right, competent hypnotherapist for the the bread and butter money stuff. Not for everything, but for the bread and butter money stuff. Um It's it possible with very little training at all. After all, I had two one-hour audio cassettes and about 78 treats and doubles type of paper that is not to say that over the years i didn't go and learn other things i did and that's what i want to make clear here over the years what people in the industry call continuing professional development cpd uh, i would argue i've probably done more than anyone else in the industry and that sounds arrogant big-headed and also somewhat stupid really given some of the (laughs) ways i promote myself but if you go on my facebook Alex William Smith or Facebook.com forward slash AlexTheHypnotist, look at the photo albums, you'll see images of diplomas, certificates, uh, course attendance, uh, documents, all manner of stuff from over the past 30 years. And you'll see that's not an idle claim. Now, none of these courses, to the best of my knowledge, at the time back in sort of 2016 when people started being a bit some people started being a bit verbal on the internet again none of them were approved by the general hypnotherapy standards council or general hypnotherapy register here in england now i say as far as i was aware because ironically it turns out after um doing a proper approved uh credible uh, as you I call them shut eyes but your brainwash people would say in terms of it it's got to be credible recognized some people mislead and say recognized by the government it is but it's not a government requirement Um I was getting lots of people going well what the hell do you know uh, you're not in the you know you haven't done a general hypnotherapy standards council approved course you know you're not in the general hypnotherapy register how can you possibly be teaching other people and despite the fact I was getting great results i just wanted to shut these people up and i figured that the best way to do that would be to go and get the certificate that was properly approved and endorsed by the people that everyone was going if you've not got that you don't know what you're doing because if i got that then they can't be saying that simple So I sought out someone who I considered to be um, the best teacher, frankly, uh, in so much as being General Hypnotherapy Standards Council approved, General Hypnotherapy Register uh, approved, being an approved trainer for them, a mentor for them, a supervisor for them, and also having, which I thought was quite important, a background uh, in nursing, which I believe gives you more more credible insight than just a layperson, frankly for certain things uh, especially things we'll be talking about later and that lady is the lady i shall be interviewing today who very kindly despite my perceived bad boy reputation despite the fact that i do stage hypnosis shows ooh, as well as therapy and all these controversial things actually allowed me to take her course and was very patient with me Because there were times where I was quite stubborn and said, to be honest, I wouldn't do it that way. I found other ways of doing it myself over the years. But she was prepared to say a lot of people won't, but she's flexible enough to say everyone finds their own way of doing things once you get out in the field. And that is another sign of a good teacher, someone that will encourage you to adapt things to yourself. And that is why despite the fact i'm going to play devil's advocate a bit over the next hour i would 100 percent unreservedly recommend that if you uh feel that you need to get a diploma that is enabling you to join the general hypnotherapy register and show that you've done a course that's approved by the general hypnotherapy standards council whether that's because you want to be able to shut people up like i did before or whether it's because you've feel that that will help put clients minds at rest and for a small number of them it will but most couldn't care less as long as you can do the job but for whatever your motivation is if you want to go down that route then you need to be looking at the link that will be below this video when it goes live and contacting my guest this week who we welcome to the show right now Susie Lawrence how are you doing Susie? I'm fine thank you I'm fine Excellent so look there was a time I ask everyone this question first there was a time when you weren't a hypnotherapist what was True. your journey to get here what's your background where do you come from and how does that um, you know?
1: really senior nurse management to be honest um, and then I had 11 spine operations which made nursing very impossible even in the management sense because um, I knew that if somebody was falling, I'd go to collect, you know, to go catch them. And I decided there and then it was no good. So I thought I need to look for something else. It just so happened um, Peter was wanting an NLP course and his birthday was coming up and it was a special birthday. So I decided to have a little look and thought I'm not paying them prices for a surprise, <laughs> to be fair. Um, and I saw this other hypnotherapy course uh paid for it sorted it got nothing the day before so i wrote one of my (laughs) snotograms as i do and um lo and behold the person who trained us he uh rang me up and i don't think i was overly kind that morning which is very unusual for me but i wasn't at the fact that i paid and had sorted it and he was excited uh, and nothing had arrived, not even where to go or anything. Yeah. Uh was not best pleased, as you can imagine. So um, at the time, he said, well, I think you, uh, I get the impression that you think this is a load of rubbish. And I actually was quite rude. And I just said, I think it's a load of bollocks. However, if that's what he wants to do, then that, so be it. That's his presence, so we can do it. Um, and he said, well, i tell you what, why don't you come with him? And it was a spin-up. Do I go there or do the ironing? And I thought, well, if all else fails... Yeah, that's the truth, Alex. I if all so. else fails, I can be in Betty's by lunchtime.
0: And For that was, that that was the plan. was uh, <laughs> in England, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it's, it's a beautiful tea room. And I thought, well, I can be in there by lunchtime if all else fails. And actually, I was the one out of 12 people... Who was hooked, who actually took it up um, after I qualified? Nobody else did. I became quite addicted towards it and loved every minute. So, the minute I left that room after we'd done that module, I'd go home, train, you know, completely go um, and hypnotize anything and everything. And I had a line of people who wanted it doing. And that's where we
0: began. Some change of mind from Mm -hmm. its bollocks to you kind of almost being addicted to it.
1: Well, I think that the issue was I can do this in my time when if my back's bad, then I know I don't I can't do it. Mm -hmm. So and and my neck. So there's times when I know it would be ridiculous to book in clients. Whereas there's times where I know I'm much brighter and able to do things. In fairness, I've used hypnosis since that day on myself and everything is much more improved for me. So I know it works. So, yeah, that's that's how I got there. And um, I do it all the time, as you know. Well, that's I enjoy the, yeah. the training side as well because that's much more personalised to the students um and you forge a beautiful relationship with every student and they become part of your family. Now as you know I only do ones and twos. I do that for a reason so that we can practice, practice and more practice. And and you know I think practice makes perfect as you know. So um that's the reason I only do one and twos. It's not I don't do it for financial gain like a lot of people do and have to maybe um, I do it because I enjoy doing it. And as you know, uh, you, know different students,
0: different, you know, lots of uh, my
1: students are still friends. Well, we're all of them. I have not fallen foul of any of them, to be fair. We still meet up several times a year. We have days out together, et cetera, et cetera. They're a special family.
0: Excellent so i mean you had to i mean you did that course you're now training but to do that you've got to jump through certain hoops uh in terms of what i can i just clarify for people at home that in england we have there isn't just what i mentioned before it's just that that is what susie is approved as as a trainer and uh, and mentor and and whatnot which is the general hypnotherapy standards council and general hypnotherapy register there's a whole bunch of other ones as well um National Council of Hypnotherapists, or bloody hell, you just search and there's tons of them. The the key thing they have in common is that once you become a member of one of them, uh, having done a course that fulfils the criteria, which is roughly similar for most of them, that you then get, um, you can say that you're also um, approved by the Complementary and Natural Healthcare Council in England. Now I know in some countries in the world this is all completely irrelevant, and arguably it's completely irrelevant in england because despite having been saying it since so oh, easily the early to mid 80s i can recall they were saying oh it'll only be a few years now and we'll convince the government to make it law that you've got to be in a certain thing to trade as a hypnotherapist well near enough 40 years on we're no closer and we never will be, I don't think, because how do you stop people from speaking to other people? So in terms of the hoop shot to jump through, just to explain to people who are watching, who, who don't quite understand, um, there's certain criteria, isn't there, for the courses that you, you, you run because you are approved by the General Hypnotherapy Standards Council, things in terms of how long they have to be, how much of that physically has to be with you and all that kind of stuff. Can you explain to people what the criteria is?
1: Well, I'm not quite sure what the criteria is now, but when I did it, you had to be trained for two years. Uh, I've had to work full time for two years. Um, And then you have to go through a huge amount of paperwork Um, submit it all, you have to link things to other things, it is absolutely…
0: To clarify, this is Susie's explaining what she had to do to become a registered trainer. Yeah.
1: It's actually a pain in the neck to be fair. Um, (laughs) If I had to do it again now, I wouldn't wouldn't bother. I just wouldn't bother to be fair because it's just… it's a ball ache, basically. (laughs)
0: Okay.
1: It's a you're And end of and I wouldn't do it again. Definitely not. But if it happens, yeah, I never have any problems, so.
0: Now I don't expect you to necessarily answer this question, um, because I know it is putting you on the spot a uh, spot a bit, being um being a registered trainer for the ghsc and GHR. But their criteria to become a, a a certified practitioner is that there's got to be a minimum of four hundred and fifty hours of um, training in total. And of that, one hundred and sixty five hours of it has to be what they consider to be directed. but of that directed training, one hundred and twenty hours minimum, has to be guided and they clarify that as physically, you as the trainer in the room with the student. Anything above that 120 hours up to the 165 guided can be done over Skype or or such things. That's what the website said when I looked at it five minutes ago before we spoke i know loads of people and i'm not going to mention names who've who've done courses that give them that and frankly they couldn't hypnotize the way out of a wet flipping paper (laughs) box i know people who've done two-day so-called wonder courses who are now massively successful and then there's everything in between obviously there's extremes there's differences i get that nobody fits one scenario i mean what do you i know you have to abide by those because you to be able to give the logo and all that, I totally get that. But I mean, 450 hours training—I've
1: always done it. That's that's always been standard from day one because it wasn't 450 before; it was much less. But they upped that. Um, oh, good few years ago, they upped mm. that. Um, but it, it didn't make any difference to me because we've always done it. We've always done training after our module as well. So it just doesn't make any difference to me. We've always done that amount of work.
0: Right. I'll just say, I don't remember the irony of it is, after I did the course with you and
1: 100%.
0: I look back in time and I'd forgotten, but in 2004. When I was looking through all my old certificates, it appears I did a course with uh, a mate of mine, Ray Ronson of the Les that uh, can't even bloody say it now, Elestial Training in Wales. And at the time, he was a GHSC and GHR registered trainer, but he's not bothered to renew that. And ended up speaking to him. So if you want if you want GHSC and GHR registration susie's your only choice of the two people i just mentioned because he doesn't do it anymore but it turns out i'd actually already done it in 2004 so i could have told people to f off them when they were saying i hadn't i just didn't find the certificate but i did not i do remember of the course that wasn't as long um why, why do you think they bought the number of hours up?
1: i think what they're wanting to do is to make sure that these courses are competent, you know, your students are competent. And it's very difficult if you've got a course of 10, 20 people or more to watch them doing their technique. And you know, you're only watching them for a few seconds. If you've got 10 people to go round, how can you know that you they are consistently being um doing the, the work properly? So hence why I think the hours went up and there was nothing more added into the courses, definitely not, but I think it's because people were going on these training courses, and they weren't competent when they came out and there was a lot of you know as you well know, within the industry, a lot of people talk um a lot of people go out of the room and they say some not so nice things about hypnotherapists and and I think a lot of this got back to the main bodies. And of course, you know, they have to substantiate why they sit on that, that board when all's said and done.
0: They've mm. got to
1: do something, haven't they? Well, For their credibility and they are up in standards, so say all the time. So, and you know, at the end of the day, most hypnotherapists are of a good standard, but there are some that are not quite and, and should go and do some more training. To make it better.
0: Well I'm gonna say this so you don't have to but the sad thing is that a lot of people who are trainers for various organisations including GHSC and GHR who frankly haven't really I'd be surprised if they see more than you know a couple of clients a month at best because their main income is on running bloody training courses so it's like the blind leading the blind sadly Um, I said that so that Susie doesn't have to. Um, The key thing to me that makes you stand out is, I'm sure there's some other people out there in the industry that this applies to, but I just haven't encountered them. So I can only speak about that, which I know. Is that you do have a background um, in nursing, uh, as you mentioned before. And in particular, when it comes to things like hypnobirthing, uh, fertility things, and, and other things that are kind of on the borderline of where, from a sort of ethical standpoint, I always, and I'm sure you do, tell people that they should keep in contact with their doctor as so it's we're acting as a complement, an addition, not instead of that because you've got the nursing background, you can bring something to the training and uh, uh, knowledge and insights that you can impart to students that other trainers can uh, Exactly.
1: And and every student learns a lot about as in their their body and health conditions while they're with me because I am medical orientated so consequently a lot of the stuff we will be doing, there will be a lot, a lot of medical conditions that we are you know that we are coming across as we do each module, and I think that the students love that part of it because none of them wanted to be nurses, they just wanted to be really good therapists, yeah. but it, having that extra background really, really does help them to be fair, and they understand themselves and how their body works much easier, as you know, Alex.
0: I do, but I'm playing devil's advocate and asking you the questions that the people at home getting from all sides. I, I, I know the answers to pretty much all this, but the people at home don't. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the... Mayor, it, it, it's, so even though I'd already done more courses than soft makers as I mentioned earlier, it was nice that it was put across in a completely different way. That that what... I nearly said that's what made it bearable. And by that I mean for people at home, because I 100%... Okay recommend it has been enjoyable for for me mentally i over the years have done courses on purpose that i can say i have done and that i'm up to date on stuff but it does get to the point quite often that you're getting the same old thing explained in the same old way again and again and again it's nice when somebody brings something different to it and a different angle that i've never i've never been a nurse i've never worked in a medical environment so be able to get that kind of insight from susie it's a different way of looking at things, and that's what made it, well, more than bearable, a right good laugh at times as well, which will make sense to any of you when you go and see Susie or meet her and, and stuff. Um, she, she's not, she's been so well behaved on here, but she's not, that, <laughs> she, she, she's not scared at telling you exactly what she thinks no, and telling okay. you if you're
1: no,
0: going true. about things the wrong way or whatnot, yeah. which, which is good because it saves you wasting time. Um. So look, I am
1: quiet, Alex. At times, you know, I'm not always <laughs> noisy. I do have my my times when I can be quiet. Honest. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll
0: believe you. Um, <laughs> um. So you know the this isn't so much of you training other people, question. It's more from a point of view of you treating people. Uh, as a, as a, and I know what I think the answer is but do you find being able to tell clients that you've got that background in nursing that their state of mind for things like hypnobirthing, fertility issues that it kicks in the placebo effect more because of that nurse authority figure background um, Two
1: answers to that mm-hmm. for. People who are just coming for um, usual treatment, um, they look at the website, and that and then it becomes quite obvious because it's written on there. And a lot of my clients say I was drawn to that. For the other side, which was the hypnopath and hypnofertility stuff, I think it makes it much more appealing to people when they know I have been a midwife because then they know I know what it feels like. Now and I know every woman who's a hypnotherapist who's had a child will know what birthing feels like, but there's more to it because I've got the the background, the knowledge, etc. etc. Now, you know, at the end of the day, I still ensure that your clients are working with their midwife and their doctor. But I just slip in at the side of them to do this extra, extra part, which makes their, you know, it makes it so much easier for them. They're so much more relaxed, and the birth is so much easier for them, and the postnatal period as well. But I can give them, because of my experience, I can give them more hints and tips, coming from a different background.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you find that you get more? I um, don't use the word respect, uh, taken more seriously by the people who are currently still working in the medical arena, you know, that are around when you're around the fact that you can drop in, you know, oh, you know, I have got a nursing background.
1: I never do, Alex. you not? I never ever, never, ever do it. I have no need. Okay. I have no need, to be honest. They they get the pack. It's written in the pack. I don't have to ram it down the throat, thankfully. People, a lot of my work, as you know, comes from word of mouth. Um, The work just comes in regardless. I mean, you know, I actually prefer fertility to the birthing process, if you want the honest truth. I think that's (laughs) much more exciting because here we have a lady who can't conceive or a husband who has... You know issues, and then you are working with them to find solutions. Most of them have, um, they've been the GP and then they find out that they've got to pay for fertility treatment, which, as you know, can be thousands of pounds. Yeah, it's a, a, a heck of a lot cheaper, and they can have lots of cracks of the whip with it. And because they get the package, they take the package and they can use that each month after that. If they are having conceived that month, so they get
0: what it you, what, good, would you say, uh, what do you reckon the key? In the I know I'm speaking generalised here because obviously we can't be specifics, both for client confidentiality and also just because there's so many variables. But would you say that stress uh, is? a big key thing in fertility issues
1: i think stress but there's obviously there's other reasons there's medical reasons why people can't conceive but i think stress is a major thing especially in uh, fertility to be fair i have seen people come to me they just come for a chat then you know and all i've done is give them a, a relaxation cd and then book them in for when because it's quite a technical process to book a person and when they're going to come for the first session, et cetera, because your timings have to be exact for fertility. Yeah, um, yeah. And they've ran me up and said, I'm pregnant. And I think that's amazing because all they've done is just come for the, um, you know, just for a chat. They, then they are so relaxed. They understand. They know they've got a, a therapy available to them then. And, Immediately, the pregnant. It's wonderful, and and I've had hypnotherapists come to me who have been in that situation and now have children, and no, I can't name names obviously because of privacy there. Um, but i you know, and it, and I just love holding that new baby. I always say to them, look, if you get pregnant, I'm getting the first push of that pram. I never <laughs> do. <laughs> I never ever get that push of that pram.
0: Excellent. Um Well, I'm. Where was I going from there? So. What? Well, yeah. Well, it's no easy way. Sometimes the questions aren't easy to ask. But I know when I was thrown in at the deep end years ago, and I've not had much much encountered with doing fertility things at all I can honestly say it's not something purposely it's something that if anything when people have contacted me with such issues I've always referred them elsewhere because I'm a believer on, there were times in my life honestly that I would see clients for pretty much anything because it was a case of making the money priorities changing life I actually do genuinely believe now that unless you have got some direct insight experience or you're in the right contextual position that you shouldn't treat certain things and by that i mean i genuinely believe the best people for hypnobirthing are are women what more ideally women who've actually had kids um just because
1: about a midwife couldn't you too though because when I was doing my training as a midwife all those years ago, midwives on Labor Suite, there was very few midwives who had children, believe it or not.
0: Oh my God.
1: Very few. So they couldn't understand
0: exactly yeah. what that
1: was what woman was going through. But yet, yeah, from a textbook point of view and from experience of what they are treating day in, day out, they do, but they could never feel that. Mm. And that used to make me feel a bit peculiar first, because I always wanted a family.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I thought, oh, I'll never be able to work on labour Suite <laughs> because this lot haven't got any children, and that just seemed to be the, the, you know, the way it was. And yet, other midwives who did have children were on different, you know, either on antenatal or postnatal. Um, wards but um, I think it is it's changed mm. midwives do have children you know it seems that we do have um, lots of people who want to go into midwifery and have families but it's just very peculiar at that time all the midwives on that unit never had children and most of them were way past the age of having a child as well some weren't but they were never going to have them Mm. which i obviously it was none of my business why they were going to do that it just seemed peculiar to me
0: yeah to say the least and but i'd extend that not just to hypnobirthing or midwifery but i mean i believe that for example In the past, I've seen quite a lot of clients who are now, fortunately, former cocaine uh, addicts. And I am particularly good at getting them off cocaine. But I genuinely believe that's because in the 90s, very early to mid 90s, and this is stuff that, uh, you know, I'm not revealing anything big here. It's all in my autobiography. I did get into that crowd in London, going to Stringfellas and all this, and there was cocaine about. So I've experienced it. I know what it feels like. Um, I think that whatever it is, a therapist needs to have some first-hand experience or definitely shouldn't be. I mean, the classic one is what Steve Miller says. For Christ almighty, you know, there's people out there claiming to help people lose weight and they're massively, well, clearly overweight themselves. What's your, you know, there's people stopping people smoking that smoke. Um, now, in fairness, I smoked for years and I was stopping people smoking highly successfully and getting media publicity. So it is possible to do it. but I think it's probably on that edge of you probably ethically shouldn't do. What, what would you say?
1: It keep losing
0: me. Go am back. You're there. What would you say? Would you think that ethically people, you know, is it right for people oh. who are overweight to be treating weight loss clients, people who smoke to smoke and so on?
1: Oh, I, I, I personally believe it's a load of tosh. I think, you know, as long as you were doing the right thing with your clients and you were given 100%, it doesn't matter if you're a fat practitioner or you're a thin practitioner, you know at the end of the day all that all that client wants is to lose the weight or to stop smoking or whatever it is to come off the drugs. It doesn't really matter as long as the therapist knows what she's doing or he knows what he's doing and can do it competently you know, and that client has respect and has a beautiful rapport with them, it'll work. It'll work. No, I agree. For weight, The, the, the therapist who is overweight can understand the client and their issues far more. Like the smoker, who's a smoker, can understand what a craving is. Now I've never smoked in my life, ever. So if I was taking a smoking client, I don't actually know what that craving feels like. Now I do I do it if it was for chocolate, but I don't for cigarettes, if you see what I mean. Yeah.
0: Um
1: so I for that reason actually I don't take many smokers. It's only when they are persistent with me and want me to do it because of, you know, word of mouth and things for other um clients that I've treated that I'll do it to be fair. It's the smell that gets me. I can't cope with the smell. Nicotine is horrid. But where weight's concerned, I've got masses of people out there who have been highly successful losing weight. And yet, no, I'm not twiggy. And I'm not ashamed that I'm not twiggy either. Um, Sorry, Steve.
0: That's the wonderful thing, everyone's entitled to their own opinions, and it's not just an opinion, it's your experience as well. Um,
1: I think that's the problem, isn't it? It's about respect. It's about respect in this industry, and about, you know, people say things, and it's their point of view, but that's how it should be just said and done with. But unfortunately, in this industry at the moment, it doesn't, it continues and it becomes
0: um quite nasty sadly so well as far as I can remember which is you know I mean it's a little over 30 years now it's always been the same sadly and I think it does come down to that Sigmund fraud Sigmund Freud thing of therapists are merely people searching for answers to their own problems uh, <laughs> sadly a lot of them out there haven't found the solution yet clearly um before we segue into because i attended one of your um with susan watson and uh and marie i attended one of your uh anxiety workshop days it was, was, fun. it was it was it was amazingly good fun actually um and there was some cracking little techniques in there um hopefully i don't get slapped on the wrist but when i was shown it was called the butterfly and i don't know this will translate on a reverse video but effectively it was getting your fingers and thumbs and making a butterfly um yeah looks like a butterfly and then placing gently onto your sort of shouldery area near the neck Excellent. and gently tapping it to get a sense of calmness and stuff for Panic. Well, I've taken that and I don't know because I've not gone on the full length anxiety course. This could be something that's in the course manual for that, that I've just ended up at the same.
1: That was the
0: Be Your Own
1: Hero. Be Your
0: Own that's Hero a, workshop. Be Your Own Hero. Yes. Yeah, it was, was the Be Your Own Hero workshop. But it was still incredible fun and this was an it, anxiety technique law, wasn't it?
1: It was and you can actually look it up called the Butterfly Technique on the internet and, and there's lots written about it as well. So anybody who, any who want to access that, just go, just pop the butterfly um, technique and, and it'll come up. Butterfly hook, I think it's called. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, look, at, I'm just saying I've used it. It works. And then I haven't read. I'm going to go and do that later because I haven't great, actually checked.
1: Great for kids. Great for kids.
0: So tell me, that was the Be Your Own Hero workshop. I'm getting it mixed up because that was an anxiety technique. And I know that you've launched uh, the Anxiety Practitioner course with, um, with Susan. Susan, yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit about that? What? Well, why is there a separate anxiety course? Because as a devil's advocate, why is it that if you've done all this 450 hours of training and get your general hypnotherapy standards approved certification from your good self which i know is worth its weight in gold and i am plain devil's advocate here <laughs> why the bloody hell do you then need an anxiety practitioner course because surely the bottom line underlying stuff you've already taught us no
1: the stuff that's in the anxiety diploma course and we do one for children and we do one for adults have very different techniques in that you wouldn't add in and that was the whole purpose of this that you have different techniques that you would have learned on your course basically very different techniques um a lot more neuroscience compared to what you would learn on your course um fabulous it is a fabulous it's a fabulous course both for the adults and for the uh, the children one that we do as well but it's very yeah. different yeah. techniques there's some small techniques there's some much more in-depth techniques depending on what you are treating anxiety wise
0: yeah, it's interesting you use the word neuroscience because if we go back briefly i know that part of the reason why the butterfly thing works so well is because you're doing something that feels physically weird at the time so that creates an element of confusion, disorientation, which arguably is causing critical faculty bypass. And the fact that now you've got your left on your right-hand side, your right on the left-hand side crossed over, and conventional psychology tells us that the left side of the brain controls the right side of the body and vice versa, that by reversing it, we're more likely to get what they call hemisync, hemisync. I can't bloody speak. Today, I get a new setting hemisync, where both sides kind of come together in harmony and make the person far more calm, relaxed, and suggestible. And there is What's neurological it? science to prove that. Why isn't there more neurological, proper, proven back stuff in conventional hypnotherapy courses? It's great you're doing it with the anxiety stuff, but why isn't there more of that in?
1: Just going back to the butterfly hook,
0: yeah.
1: well, one of the reasons why I do that or when I get people to put their hands on their chest when they I teach them a breathing exercise is so they're connected with themselves. Most people who are anxious are not actually connected to themselves at all. They're just in their head. Mm-hmm. But when you physically touch your body, you're connecting. You can feel the rise and fall of your chest wall. Yeah more likely to be i suppose to call it mindfulness um you know because you are in that moment you can feel the rise and fall you, you're connected with yourself so that was just a, to me the butterfly hug is great for that because you're actually in tune with yourself whereas you know if you're just doing other techniques you may not be
0: Breathing, expand on breathing, because I know from having studied Buddhism and various other Eastern traditions that there is, forget hypnotherapy, although I know it can link together, but that breathing is something that most people do wrong, isn't it?
1: Well, we say that, but you know, if we were all breathing wrong, then we would all have anxiety, wouldn't we? Oh, well, a, a lot of
0: people are doing it wrong. Because what I mean is when you get your anxious clients or your panic attack clients, if you can teach them different breathing, it can yeah. help.
1: Well, there's, there's a million different ways out there. And I'll just teach you what I, you've seen my little video that I do anyway. I yeah. ask them to put their hands on the chest wall, just comfortably. All right. This is when they're at home by themselves. There's nobody around. If they are somewhere where they're going to um, get a bit stressed or anxious, They can just stare at the wall with their eyes open, but they don't have to touch um, the body. So they don't want to look obvious what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then I just tell them to just just slowly close their eyes. So you can do this, Alex. All right. And you just, I tell them, this is my technique. And it's very much like um, a technique called heart math. Okay. But my numbers are different to theirs. So you breathe in slowly and gently through your nose to the count of four. And then breathe out and down by blowing it slowly, gently from your mouth to six. That's in for four, through your nose. Out and down from six, from your mouth. And obviously if you continue to do this you will feel yourself relaxing now we, i would add in other things you know um within about two minutes they feel so much more calmer than that they the felt beforehand they're so much more relaxed and then i would add in positive suggestions to go with that as well but just teaching them a simple thing like you know, that, that.
0: you've, you've know, not done it at all. all rewind the video and do it and you can feel it. It, the, can,
1: yeah. and it has such a wonderful effect for your client. Just That's the first thing that I teach them when a client comes to me because I think, you know, they're all slightly anxious because they don't know who I really am and, and if they can trust me, etc. So by doing that, more or less within, you know, the first half an hour, they're so calm and so relaxed after that and they think, right, I bagged that technique can use that anywhere even if it's just going to the toilet if they're in a stressful situation at work just nip into the loo doing that for a couple of minutes and then they come out and they're refreshed they can feel calm they can go back in to doing what they were doing and the stress levels will be much lower
0: excellent I mean, yeah. seriously rewind the video and yeah. join in with what susie's said and you'll you'll feel it because i i can still feel it now a, yeah it does
1: work it does yeah. work and and you you know if you can i like them to close their eyes and i like them to have the hand on the on the chest wall because you can feel it then you're connecting with yourself yeah
0: that is part of what i think was so effective about that the fact yeah. that i could feel the
1: and the rise and fall you can feel what you're doing then you're with it and then you can calm yourself yourself it's it's wonderful wonderful
0: and i would argue despite the fact that I openly said there's no such thing as hypnosis, but that comes down to definition. That which people choose to call hypnosis, I would argue that that is a very rapid way of getting somebody into hypnotised, um, because you've got fixation of attention both on the breathing and feeling the hand, disorientation because their eyes are closed so therefore there's more internal focus on the breeding and, that. and I would argue that in a, roughly the space of time that I was doing it on this video, which you can rewind as Susie was instructing, that that was an induction as well. It can be as quick and as gentle and safe as that in a therapeutic yep. context. Yeah. Um, which brings me to the subject of rapid inductions. Now, I've kind of just answered it there because you've, dem- you've arguably, I would say you've just demonstrated one. The, it's very quick, very gentle and very safe. But rapid inductions quite often are, are perceived by therapists as chucking people on the floor and it all being shouting at people, sleep and all that kind of madness and nonsense. What What's your views on <laughs> rapid inductions?
1: No. You're asking me this because I went on a course a few weeks ago, didn't you? You didn't get... That's not why Um, I'm asking.
0: I'm asking because I know that they're getting more open to the things like rapid inductions, as long as they're safe and within health and safety guidelines, the likes of General Hypnotherapy Standards Council. However, I know they still have a big black X against anyone doing stage hypnosis. And yet, ironically, there's loads of members. I'm not going to name them because it would be unfair to get them booted out. But I know there's loads of members of GHSC, GHR, other societies that say no stage hypnotist who are doing stage hypnosis shows.
1: Well, this convinces and there's rapid inductions yeah. in there. Um, I like to give my clients and I teach students the same way. But I, like you first said in the beginning of this, you teach students to do things but you want them to adapt those things for their own way and that's one thing that I will say were the wisest words Alex you've ever said because you don't want clones of you as a, as a tutor mm. I want all my students to be themselves to be confident to go out there and do things yes they started off with a, a similar process to me but then they embellished that with their own work. And that's what makes them successful therapists, to be fair. But where stage is concerned, Pammy, <clears throat> I mean, it's not—it's not really my bag to do a clients, unless I was going to do some fun, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't really do with clients, I think. But if you were having a dinner party, then yeah, it comes in handy. As you know, Peter's trained uh, as a hypnotherapist, and that's his job. It's—I'm off duty when we when we. Go to dinner parties. It's not me. Uh, he does these little things, but I. That's not to say that I don't enjoy watching it because I do. I went on Chris and Grant's course just for a bit of fun um, the other week, and you I a watch, had and a, a lovely time. I had a lovely time.
0: Christopher, Caress, and Grant Saunders. They were doing a course. Um, both great people, really nice guys, Fantastic. friends. Of
1: them. Fantastic fantastic um you know stage hypnotist both of them loved every minute of, of the course for the day it was lovely to be fair but it's not something that I went on to go out to become a stage hypnotist because it's, it's not me as you know I, I'm very much a therapist in the room with clients one-to-one but well,
0: you, well, you wouldn't be allowed to anyway would you because you're a GHS no. CGH, well, I and
1: yeah, no, but I do know of people who do, do do it with their clients, but, you know, that's up to them. That's mm-hmm. entirely up to them. You know, you can do convincers. I don't call them rapid inductions, doing magnetic fingers and things like that. That's not. But you've got to be careful who you are, you know, who who you are doing these techniques with. As long as the client understands the process and what's going to happen... Then that's okay. Me, I like to give them an experience. As far as I'm concerned, I'm charging them um, a set amount, and they want an experience from me. They want to. Most people come because they're stressed. They want to relax and enjoy it.
0: Am I allowed? We're recording this as live, so if you say no, people are forever going to wonder what it is I was about to ask you. But I'm going to ask permission <laughs> first here. Can you ignored. it. Can I? Something you did say it in front of everyone when you came on one of my courses. You did say it to everyone uh, who was there. Um, So I'm guessing you wouldn't mind saying it on video. And that is, say you like to give people an experience. Well, you prepared to share share what one of those tricks of that experience is. That's very similar to what I purposely do to make sure clients feel they've had the magic one that they perceive hypnosis to be. I,
1: I don't think it, it's in an experience. What I mean is that they are in a lovely relaxed state mm-hmm. and I do gentle relaxation. You know, it's, it. they are warm, They the, the room is created so it's a nice environment Um. Well, all hypnotherapists should be, you know, their their rooms should be welcoming, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And we have gentle music in the background, et cetera. And they are, I have, as, as you well know, I have the most wonderful um, warm uh, heated blanket.
0: Excellent. This is what I was getting at. Yes.
1: And a lovely, well, unfortunately, I had to change the chair because with me spine, I couldn't help them get in and out of the chair that I had before, which was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Now I've got an electric chair for them. But to be fair, um, the clients love it. But it's it's about the experience. It's about having a neck pillow so that if anybody has got neck problems, if the heads are going to go down, you know, it's got a cushion behind it. So it is, it's not going to bring them out. They're going to go with the flow, and just to enjoy what's happening.
0: Game. Lots of little
1: tiny tricks. When you come on the course, mm. you, you pick them up. You know, I, I use a lot of equipment, You know, the HypnoCom system as well. But the, my students are taught both ways because obviously they can't go home and practice with the HypnoCom system, but they love it. Absolutely love it. But again, I make them do both so that they can do both yeah and it's not about promoting the equipment it's about that they know that they can put somebody under hypnosis easily using just their voice they don't need the added extras as long as the ambience is right in the room they've got that rapport and they're happy and they're confident in what they're doing
0: quite often more clients will go to with all those things in place to yeah. real sleep?
1: Um, I've had one or two, but not, and, and actually I did go on a course once and I was quite horrified because um, there was somebody on that course and um, somebody said, it was a quick induction course with somebody, mm. um, and they said, what do you do if somebody's snoring? And this therapist said, I kicked the chair to wake him up, and the the look of horror on my face must have said it all. To be honest, because I was just gobsmacked. The subconscious will always hear, no matter how deep you are, because I I've tested that before on these people who've come out, and I've said, Can you tell me about what I've said? And they, at first they go, No, 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 and then I'll say, About. Say, so I was doing the beach or something. I've been, we've been on the beach. I'd, I'd mentioned something on the oh, yes, you did. Ju- 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 ju. So they do here even when yeah. they're asleep and snoring, they do here because I've always tested that.
0: Yeah, the so called hidden observer. Yeah, wait well,
1: wait, open access, isn't it? So.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I wasn't saying it as a bad thing, because I believe actually, yeah, yeah. That if they go to sleep and then have a right good kip, because quite often people don't get proper, proper, I'm going to call it healing sleep. Um, Great. If- I
1: agree. I mean, I had a manager. Well, actually, he was an owner as well as managing uh, a company uh, locally. And at at the time, I had a banner in the therapy room, which I removed afterwards, because I realised what was going on, and it had a list of, um sim- uh, not symptoms, but a list of uh conditions for what I treated, no, uh-huh. you know, it went from the top down to the bottom, but, uh, and every month he used to come, and every month he'd give me um, a different health condition. He was obviously under intense stress. And it got to the sexual dysfunction. And I just happened to go, I was thinking, oh, no. And I just happened to turn my head and I realised I was going down the list. And I thought, you so-and-so. And And I said to him, I don't know whether he was consciously aware he was doing that. Because where he was sat on the therapy um, chair obviously the banner was opposite so whether his subconscious was taking that on board or whether he was actually consciously doing it i have no idea but we cut that short then i said i tell you what if you need just to come for relaxation purposes to reduce your stress there isn't a problem we'll just keep on booking you in for that you don't need to go down my list (laughs) (laughs)
0: excellent yeah i think a lot of therapists don't realize um how just without any specific suggestion, so to speak, how just hypnotically guided, I'm going to say, deep relaxation can be in terms of helping people feel better, overcoming stress, and arguably even helping the body to get into the right zone for natural healing, dare I say?
1: Well, I'm a firm believer that, you know, a huge chunk of your work is done when you have got your client in the room and you listen to them. Most of it is offloaded, and they feel are uh, 75% better before you even need to give them any therapy. To be fair, and I, I know that's quite controversial in this game because people say, you know, we shouldn't have it should be content-free. Some people will um, have on their banner. Other people say no. We don't need to, you know, cut to the chase and let's just get on with the therapy. Everybody's very different, very different. But I have found in my experience, because I maybe because I don't have, you know, a set one hour slot, one and a half hours, you know, if it takes two and a half hours, it takes two and a half hours. I don't have uh, clients booked in every hour of every day. You know, if I've got one in the morning, it'll be
0: Neither one, nine time and one in the evening.
1: You know, I don't, I don't want to be back to back with clients. I want to give them that experience that they deserve. To be fair, right. so that talking and letting them offload to me is such a valuable thing, such a valuable thing, and it does work. It does work. Although I know
0: I'll get slammed for saying that. Hey, I I couldn't agree with you more. I I advocate advertising that stuff is content free so that it doesn't butt off certain clients. But when they come and they've already filled in a questionnaire, I will say to them, look, you don't have. We don't have to go into any of this um, unless you want to. And I would say the vast majority of the time, people actually want to verbalise that which they've they do. written down. So they're metaphorically leaving it in the therapist's office, leaving the baggage behind.
1: Well, you know, not everybody has somebody they can turn to, Alex. And, and you know, I get a lot of more um, older people, maybe because where I live. Mm -hmm. and I suppose once they've talked to their family and they've said it a few times the family obviously get a bit bored or don't want to listen to it so when they come to somebody new and they offload and then you're able to help them you know there's nothing better than that feeling to be fair and then give them some therapy or whatever they need a lot of them don't need an awful lot after they've offloaded to be fair
0: yeah yeah they just they teach them some
1: techniques to you know to keep them calm etc and 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 for others obviously you get a lot of middle-aged people who are uh, under tremendous stress at work and again they, they they can't say what they really want to say at work because it's against the manager or people that like they work with etc once they've offloaded they're so much better teach them some techniques hypnotherapy, and then off they go.
0: I can't remember who said this exactly right now. I'm having a brain fart moment. But, it might come back to me, but the quote was along the lines of people should not become hypnotherapists and be treating people for uh, anything really unless they're capable of helping that person without hypnosis. Um I forget exactly who said that, but the way I understood it to mean was that let's cut formal inductions that effectively it's what you've just described. Having the ability and you've got that could be your background medical you'll you naturally I don't know if you've done counselling courses in the past, but um, I'm pretty, but you'd have got that experience doing it in the field as a nurse anyway, wouldn't you?
1: I think anybody who is had you, you anybody who has had a job where they're working with people, it's no different for them to what it was for me. Yes, I'm in the medical, you know, I've been in the medical side for a very long time, and but it's who you are as a person, isn't it? And how you are with people that people will open up to you. It all could, you don't have to have my background to get the best from your clients. Yes, it it helps if it's a medical issue, but as long as you are, you know, you present yourself professionally, kindly, and you're listening, and you are warm with your clients, they will open up regardless.
0: Mm.
1: Now, controversially here, I don't know how to put this. Um, would I go to a male therapist for therapy? Or would a man come to a female for therapy? I think that is a topic that you can go on forever uh, about. Me personally, would I go to a man that I don't know for therapy? No. wouldn't
0: Uh
1: um and yet i get a lot of men come to me so it's the opposite sex um for therapy and won't go to a man i suppose that comes under the bracket of psychology um yeah let's not forget
0: we can also throw into the mix the for anyone who's thinking of doing a course we're, we're not saying you're limited to your marketplace because obviously okay. it's the client that makes the decision. And let's not forget that yes m- women may be less likely to go to a male therapist Um, generally speaking and vice versa maybe but... We've also got people of different sexualities and genders and whatnot who, for whatever reason, would be more likely to go to different types of therapists. But that's something that, you know, an understanding of, uh, well, done right, could actually help you, you know, create your own niche customer base. Um, Yeah. So, unfortunately, time's running away with us. We're just over the hour. We've done an hour. So I'm going to have to ask you the question I ask everybody now I will just remind everyone at home there's various things being said in the past hour that at first hearing you might have thought I've been making notes a lot Um, but various things you might think oh it might have bypassed you as just being an innocent thought so to speak but if you watch this video again and take notes you'll realize that I'm I'm telling you now you, you want to pay particular attention to butterfly hand on chest breathing eye closure all those things are worth the weight in gold in in terms of uh, techniques and insights also of course look below this video whether it's on youtube or where it's been shared on social media and there will be links underneath to susie's peace of mind uh website and um pom hypnotherapy but, but both are websites so you can get in contact with her Uh, if you want to go down the ghsc ghr approved route i 1 million percent recommend susie as the person to do that not least of which is because she helps you to gear things so the personal and, and right for you and not just everything's got to be done this way yeah you'll get the underlying things they've got to be in place but then you'll be shown how to be fluid adaptable flexible um yeah so the question i ask everyone at the end is i see you have a door behind you so imagine someone's just knocked on that door and i use the same book every time not because it's a particular favorite just because then there's a consistency with these interviews there's somebody behind that door you answer it and they've got the green cover or blue cover depending on the tradition of the dave alman hypnotherapy book They've not read any other books. They've not bought any DVDs. They've not watched any online videos. They've done nothing except read that book. But they've decided, this is interesting. I want to learn more. Now, obviously, I've already said, if they want to go down the GHSC route and all that, they should come, visit your website, come and see you. So you're not allowed to use that as an answer here, (laughs) Susie. Three, what would your top three bits of advice be to them in terms of Becoming the best possible therapist they can, both from a it being a successful business point of view, but also from them being an ethical, safe, competent therapist. What would your three top tips be?
1: Well, I don't know why they want the Dave Elman book first, (laughs) to be fair, because I don't you know, there's so many well, they don't need books. If they're gonna do the training, they don't need they do not need books because your training should have everything in there. You mm-hmm. do touch on marginally on Dave Elman like you do on Erickson and other things. So you don't need all these books. Um what would I say? I think you've got to choose your trainer wisely. You've got to understand what the training's about, you've got to work out Why do you want to be a hypnotherapist, to be fair? Because um, are they going into it because it's for money purposes or are they going into it because they genuinely want to help people? Now, if they're doing it for money, then I wouldn't train them. I can tell you quite clearly, I would never train them. I only do them because they want to help people overcome most people who do the training have had issues and been to hypnotherapists. There'll
0: be Some people watching it. this. Yeah. There'll be people watching this, Lord Lord. Well, but you, you um, let the dreaded bad boy Jonathan Royal do the course to I get did. his approved certificate, and okay. we all know that he's in it just for the money, don't we?
1: No, but that that was your earlier life, Alex. That wasn't a who okay. you are now. And yes, you are quite controversial. And yes, you can be a bad boy when you want to be. But deep down inside, you aren't that person that you were before. Mm. And you do things now to help other um, other therapists. You know, you only have to go into your boot camp and, oh, my God, you know, I go in there and I feel I feel lost because of the amount of wonderful work that's in there. I, I can't even open any of the the sections because it just is over overwhelming for me to even go in there and and start looking. And that's why if I if I want any answers, I just text you and just say, you know, give some hand, of you? Well, you know, X Y and said, um, where will I find this? But nine times out of ten, I I, I don't go in because it's overwhelming because there's so much. Now, if you were just doing that for the money, Alex, for what you charge charged for that bootcamp is peanuts, as you know. So mm. bad boy Jonathan Royals, not bad boy Jonathan Royal, just people like they make you out to be bad boy Jonathan Royal. They don't know you as a true person, do they?
0: In the context of this interview, I have to reluctantly agree there, because I just want to make it clear <laughs> that what Susie said before is true. I know that she's got ethics and morals about who she'll teach in the context. Um okay. You know, so I just wanted to make that clear. So yeah, that was number one. What was your number number one? I forgot was, what the question is. <laughs> number one must be very careful and think about who your trainers going to be that you go with and all that.